stares at me. Can we can we get the AC on pretty please? Yeah. All I need is one amen that it's hot. <laughs> All I need is one, man. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12. Thank you, God. Hebrews chapter 12. Man, hallelujah. How, how many of y'all want some more uh, worship services like that? Can I get an amen? That's where we're going as a church, right there. Joy of the Lord is our strength. God's unleashing praise into the body of Christ. He's unleashing joy into the body of Christ. And uh, I believe that with every ounce of my being. And uh, it's just going to erupt. And it just deposits strength on the inside of you, man, a fresh feeling of God's spirit. It's just wonderful. I'm so grateful. Aren't y'all thankful for God's joy? God's joy is better than the world's joy. The world actually doesn't have any joy. Um, they, have a, they have a false sense of happiness uh, that's, that's soaked in, you know, materialism and things of that nature. And man-made religion has zero joy. <laughs> yeah, man, they don't. But, the, but God has joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Can I get an amen? amen. And that, that, that's what you need. How many you know we need to be strong? You know, I got this, uh, I got this CrossFit t-shirt, and it said, um, it never gets easier, I just get stronger. And it's like a, it's like a, exercise type of thing, but I really think it, 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 it's for the kingdom, too, because, I mean, you know, it's, it's not going to get easier, but, I mean, you know, we can get stronger, and, and, and the he that's within us is greater than he that's in the world, amen, and uh, the, I believe that God is going to unleash a strength to the body of Christ where we can be like our God, and we can laugh at our enemies, amen, and uh, so, ah, I just, I know that's what God's doing, so, anyway, I'm going to give you guys just a little bit of review here. Uh, before we dive into where we're going uh, today, and that way everybody's on the same page. But uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And so we have a kingdom that can't be shaken. The world is shaking. Everything in the world is shaking. Everything's shaking. Anybody, everybody knows that. I don't think there's anybody on this planet that doesn't know everything's shaking. And that includes believer and unbeliever. Everybody can take a look at what's up and see that things are shaking. However, there are a group of people, us and other people, other believers around the world that understand that we have a kingdom which cannot be shaken. And so there's something inside of you, the kingdom of God, that can't be shaken. And so the past few weeks, we've been diving into that, understanding that, learning how to access that. How many of you, know, you can have something very powerful, but if you're not using it, it's not helping you. And the example I've always used is my mom getting a GPS. My mom won't use the GPS. She has a really nice GPS, but she won't use it. And so it doesn't help her even though she has it. And so we have the kingdom of God within us, and that kingdom is not shaking right now. And um, that kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. And so the couple of things that we've looked at we looked at, number one, what we've been looking at is identity. How I many it all, all starts with identity? I mean, as we're here today, there's nobody in this room that's any better than anybody else. There's nobody in this room that has more of a right to God than anybody else. There's no one in this room or watching online that's more right with God than anybody else. I mean, there are not levels of right standing in the kingdom. It's not. You're either in the family or you're not. I got three kids. All three of them are equally my kids. There's not one that's more of a Johnson than the other one is. They're all my kids. And how many know when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you came into the kingdom, and so now your identity is now in Christ, 
and the authority that you have, everything that you have comes out of your identity. Can I get an amen? And, um, and you received it when you got born again. You know, when I was, when, you know, many, many years ago when I was a drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, lying, cheating, awful human being, spiritually dead in a place of darkness, and I called upon the name of the Lord. I mean, you know, I got born again in that moment, and in that moment I became right with God. And I've never been wrong with God ever since then. Now, I've done dumb stuff. But, but, but we, we've learned that, according to Ephesians, that the Spirit of God has sealed your spirit. And your, your spirit has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, sin, can, it can touch your hands, it can touch your mind, um, it can get in your actions, but sin can't touch your born-again spirit. It just can't. It just has no access to it because you're, because you're a child of God. And that is your true identity, is the identity that you have as a righteous person in, in your spirit. You are perfectly righteous. And so... Um, now I've been righteous for all these years, right? Now I've been learning about who I am. And as I have realized who I am, it's changed my behavior. It's changed my conduct. I no longer act like a drug addict because I'm not a drug addict. I'm a child of God. I no, I no longer act like someone who's addicted to pornography because I'm, I'm not a lustful person. I'm a child of God. Um, I no longer, there's, there's a myriad of things that the Lord has set me free. God set me free from depression. God set me free from lying. God set me, set me free from all these different things and all of the things that I got free from wasn't me trying really hard to make it happen. It was me just realizing who I am. And I still have areas where uh, me understanding who I am is not fully, completely formed. I still have areas of weakness where I'm not representing Christ perfectly in my life. Um, but as I awake to righteousness, as you awake to righteousness, all of those old behaviors and those old thought patterns, they start to fall off of your life. That's why we're here today. You know, I'm not, I'm not really, you know, I know all you guys, and you're all born again, you're all saved, and um, um, we're not, he, we're just here to get reminded who we are, and get our minds renewed to who we are, and so that kingdom is in you, and the, the, the reason that you have the kingdom is because of who you are, and it's your identity that you have in Christ, and the other example I brought out is how many know that Prince Charles was Prince Charles, he's not Prince Charles anymore, how many know he's King Charles? And the reason he's a king is not because of what he's done or he's accomplished. How I many he's a king because of who he is in his bloodline. So he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't ascend to the throne through his ability. How I many of oh, you haven't ascended into the kingdom through your ability? How I many of oh, God found many of us under a rock somewhere? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so you, you are a king's kid because of, of God rescuing you. And then, you know, when you receive Jesus, Jesus is the outstretched hand of salvation. And Jesus actually grabs you and just pulls you into himself. And the person you used to be dies. And you become one with Christ. And so that's, you now have an identity. So you have this kingdom inside of you, you have an identity. And how many, you know, when you have an identity as a, as a child of the king, how many of you also have authority? Yeah. And we've been looking at authority big time. And uh, you, you now have authority. Your words have tremendous amount of power. How I many, you know, you are the righteous person whose, whose prayer avails much. Man, when you know that you're right with God, you pray different. When you know that you're right with God, you walk different, you talk different, you live different, you praise different. You know, how many know there's no condemnation in that praise earlier? You know what I'm saying? We may have a little condemnation when we come in or whatever, but how many we shake it off, we get lined back up with who we are in Christ, <clears throat> and man, that righteous nature of yours, it, 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 it must praise. Like it's, it wants to praise. Righteousness and praise will spring forth before all the nations. And I believe there's also going to, there's going to be a highlight on, on, on praise in the days ahead as well. Um, because when the ark returns, man, we got to sing and dance. And how many of the ark? The ark is Jesus Christ and his finished work. 
and the ark is returned to the body of Christ. How many of there's an ark here in Georgetown, Kentucky? How many of the finished work is being preached here? And there are other places all over this nation, all over this world where the ark is returned to the house of God and people are actually preaching Jesus Christ and His finished work. And we can call it grace, we can call it faith, we can call it this, we can call it that, but at the end of the day, it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. It's the return of Jesus to His church. He'll return here before He returns in the sky. He'll return in us first. And so, um, and so anyway, so now we have this identity which gives us authority. And then, uh, then last week we took a look at how in the kingdom there's no lack. I mean, when you're in the kingdom, you don't have to be worried about gas prices. Come on, when you're in the kingdom, how I many of you have to be worried about food prices? The, king, the message in the kingdom, Matthew chapter 6, over and over again, don't worry, 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 don't worry. You have a supply that's different than the supply of the world. You are a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water, and you can draw supply in a place where other people can't necessarily draw supply. How I many you know we don't have to participate in a downturn? We don't have to participate in a recession. We don't have to participate in these things. What happened when the ark, see, how I many know wherever the finished work of Jesus is, how I many know there's blessing? As soon as Jesus hit the planet, you know what happened? Gold chased him down. As soon as Jesus was born, frankincense came. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about these were wealthy type of things. Jesus' parents were set the moment that he entered into this planet. Why? Because the very righteousness of God had entered the planet, and the blessing can't help it. How many of you that the blessing, these things chase after God's righteousness? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. As soon as Jesus came, Jesus was blessed. There's no curse on Jesus. Here comes wealth immediately. And so, yes, and then when they're taking the ark, and they're trying to get the ark of the covenant back to Jerusalem, and uh, they don't know how to do it. And so they, they, they mess up, and they try to do it in human effort. How many of Uzziah, when he reached out and touched the ark, he was trying to do it in human effort, and that's why he was smote. How many of there's no human effort in the finished work of the cross? You can't add anything to it. And so they're like, man, we're going to have to drop this off at Obed-Edom's house for a little bit because we don't know what to do. Man, they put this thing in Obed-Edom's house, and he was so blessed. And for three months, this blessing came upon this man's house that the entire nation took notice. And they were like, hold up. <laughs> like, we need this. David's like, I need this over all the people, not just over some of the people. How I many you know some people have understood the finished work of the cross, but the whole body has not understood the finished work of the cross? But how I many you know the ark is coming to a place where more and more people are going to understand the finished work? And the more they understand the finished work, the more we're going to step into the kingdom and have authority and enjoy our identity and how many you know when, when, when God reigns through us, the enemy does not reign? And so they, they took the ark and they brought it back to where it needed to go. How many you know there was joy? And there was dancing? And there was provision? How I many you know, for the first time ever, a king sent everybody a gift? And everyone rejoiced except man made religion. Micah was like, Look at you. Weren't you glorious today singing and dancing? And he was like, It was before the Lord. Who chose me over your father? <laughs> Mic <Mike> drop. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, whew. well, how I many you know man-made religion don't like joy? And they don't like celebration. They want a funeral dirge. They want to be sad. And they want to roll around in their sadness. This is not a sad kingdom. This is a victorious gospel. And we may have moments where we dip into some sadness and our soul maybe gets stretched and we have moments, but 
How many know that you can't keep a beach ball under the water? You can't keep the joy of the Lord down for long. And you're not trying to get it. You got it. You're just uncovering it. Amen? And, um, and so the ark came back, and there was tremendous joy, and there was tremendous blessing, and there was rejoicing, and the kingdom was restored. And I believe that's something that's happening in the, in the times that we're living in. But there's a restoration of all things that's happening. There's the tabernacle of David that's being set up. How many on the tabernacle of David, there wasn't different levels? There wasn't like inner court, outer court. There wasn't this sense of like this group of people was better than everybody else. Tabernacle of David was like, hey, we got a tent, we're throwing a party. Everybody come on out. And there was no separation between God and man. You know what they did? They sang, they danced, they rejoiced. They had a straight up party. And you know what happened? They just kept winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning because they had the ark. They had the finished work. Amen. And so the, there is supply in the kingdom of God. We don't have to be worried. So you have to understand that God's not looking to just meet your needs in this ne these next few months or this next year. God is looking for your house to become a storehouse where you meet other people's needs. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just think about your needs. If you're just thinking about your needs, you're totally missing it. Yeah. Think about how you can be a blessing. Yeah. Think abundance. Expect abundance. And when God taps your shoulder and says, bless somebody, do it. Just bless them. Just help them out. You know, because, I mean, provision was never meant to be stored and hoarded anyway. The reason the earth's in the state that it's in is there's a bunch of hoarders out there. If they split up the wealth equally on this planet between every man, woman, and child, everybody have $10 million. There's not an absence of supply. There's an, there's an absence of pure hearts. And so understand that in the days ahead that God is going to call on you to be a supply. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. I, and one of the things I want to do, I want to find a way with our church to help single moms. Yeah, amen. That's what I want to do. That's what God's led on my heart. I don't know how to do it, but I want to do it. So pray about it. Help me out here. Let's find single moms amen. and let's feed them. And let's feed their kids and let's help them. Amen. amen. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I just amen. know that in the days ahead, there's some single moms that are going to need some help. And it's just, it's hard to find, because, you know, so many people work the system, and so many people are out there stealing and taking and, you know, and not really, and you know, and there's, there's going to be a little bit of that in the process, but I just want to find these people and help them. So help me find these people. Keep an eye out for, for, for single mamas, amen? And I'm not saying we can't help other people either, but how many of those, that's a special group of people in God's eyes, the fatherless. And so let's keep our eyes out, and as a church, I want to help them, and I want to feed them. And I just want to be there for him. Amen. So Amen. we'll move. God, I mean, God woke me up in the middle of the night the other, the other night talking to me about this. I just told Stacy about it the other day. I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I want to do it. Lord yeah, God knows. So I'm just like, I'm, I heard it and I'm telling y'all and let's, and God will show us everything else. Amen. But let's, we want to be a blessing in the days ahead. Amen. Don't shrink back. Don't pull back. Don't get into fear. Don't get into self-preservation. Don't do that. Yeah. That's a great way to sink. Yeah. You can't, you, can't, you can't walk the water and stare at the wind and the waves. You can't walk the water and, and, and think about yourself. You know, you, the provision is, is really just, just following God and knowing that you're blessed. Can, can I get an amen? And letting God lead you. I said, let, you know, let God lead you, amen? And he'll, he'll show you what's up and he'll show you who to help. And it might be a big thing, it might be a small thing, but stay on the give. Keep giving to people. Keep helping people, Amen? And, um, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll give you a life worth living. It'll make you enjoy your life. And it's, 
It's what we were created for. So they're, this, they're supplying the kingdom. <clears throat> and then in Matthew chapter 6, um, this is really kind of our springboard verse. And it's really this whole thing was opened up in the Lord's Prayer. It says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God here is saying, when the kingdom comes, God's will is being done in the earth. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. He said, pray that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you know God's will is always happening in heaven? There's no poverty in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no death in heaven. And so Jesus is like, this, this is God's will. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When the kingdom is present, the king is ruling. And when the king is ruling, death is not. When the king is ruling, lack is not. When the king is ruling, how is the king going to rule? Through you, through me, through us. Can I get an amen? How many you know you are an embassy unto yourself? How many you know wherever you stand, the ark is? Jesus Christ is. The kingdom is wherever you stand. Wherever the soles of your feet are, that place is claimed for the kingdom. Amen? Yeah, man. And so, like, we are the salt. We are the light. We are, we are, we are not scared, okay? We were born for such a time as this. We were created for this time. We are called to overcome. And, and, and so, wherever you are, that is an embassy of the kingdom of God. And so... Through your life, God wants to see sickness banished, demons cast out, the dead raised, darkness fleeing. Listen, and listen, and here's the thing. This, your righteousness is not going to pull this off. So be at peace. You know what I'm saying? Don't look at the filthy rags of your own conduct to determine your worthiness for the kingdom to flow through you. The thief on the cross received the kingdom. This is not about us. This is about our king, and our king's cleaning things up before his return. He's cleaning things up in the house of God. He's cleaning things up in the land, and uh, I, I don't believe Jesus is going to return in a rescue mission. I really don't. I, I believe that he's going to return for a triumphant, victorious church. A beautiful bride. Who knows who she is? Clothed in the robes of righteousness. Amen? See, the, the reason the bride has been marred is because she's been, because they've convinced her she's dirty. She is not dirty. You are not dirty. You are clean. If the blood was successful. Come on. If you're not clean and the blood wasn't successful. Come on, yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. What's on trial right now? Your righteousness? No. Your conduct? No. What's on trial? The blood. The blood is on trial. On. When the enemy's trying to condemn you, what's on trial is the blood. The blood's on trial. And we're either going to agree with the blood or we're going to agree with our behavior. That's our choice. Choose life, choose death. Have the obedience of faith or not. It's the only thing God wants from you, really, is just to believe. And he's not asking you to believe a million different things. We were all focused. Well, I'm believing for my house. Well, I'm believing for my car. Well, I'm believing for my husband. Well, I'm believing for this and all these types of things. Seek ye first.
the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Simplify. Very simple. Just believe this. Believe that the cross was a success and that you are as righteous as Almighty God right now. Forever. When When this physical temple passes... The same righteousness that you have right now is what's going to march you into heaven and going to sit you down next to the people that we have seen as our faith heroes. Who's sitting next to Moses? You know what I'm saying? Who's sitting next to Abraham? Do you think they're better than you? They're not. Come on. There's only one that's truly glorified. It's the Lord. Can I get an amen? All of us are vessels. All of us have, you know, every single person in the Bible had human frailty galore. God likes it like that. He said, no, 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 the, the power's me. I'm everything. <laughs> I'm everything. So, like, quit putting yourself on trial. Come on. Quit judging yourself as unworthy. Come on. Quit doing it. Like, it's, it's unfair to the cross. Come on. It's unfair to you. It's unfair to everybody. The only person that rejoices in you putting yourself on trial is the enemy. Because he's caused you to leave the beautiful grace of God and go back to legalism to, desert, to determine your rights. Yeah. None of us have any rights outside of the blood. None of us have achieved. None of us have ascended. No one can say, I'm going to ascend into heaven. No one can say, I'm going to bring Christ up from the ground. What we can say is that the cross is a success. So, so don't allow, because condemnation is the one thing that will mess the kingdom up. If you feel condemned, how can a king operate as a king if he doesn't realize he's a king? He can't. If you forget who you are, then of course you're not going to have any authority. If you forget who you are, of course, of course you're not going to believe yourself. And if you don't believe you, the demons certainly don't. They know the might that you have better than you do a lot of times, better than we do a lot of times. They're scared of you. They are very afraid of the righteousness of God. Oh, yes, they are. They have no rights. They have zero rights. They are illegals. They are illegal fallen spirits that have zero rights. And so they have worked overtime to try to get a mixed message from the pulpit to get the bride clothed in dirt, clothed in unrighteousness, keeping her self-conscious so that she can't arise in the power that God's created her to have. How many of those days are over? And you can't get condemnation off somebody else. You can, pre- you can preach it, you can share it, you can teach it, you can do the best that you can, but at the end of the day, that individual has got to condemn the tongues of judgment that rise against them. We create an environment for it, but, but you know what you can do? You can do it for you. And here's the thing, if, if condemnation ain't on you, then it's going to be easier for your... I mean, if condemnation is present in a home then it's, it's a vicious cycle of biting and devouring. Yeah. If the husband feels condemned, he'll condemn the wife. Yeah. And then they'll both condemn the children. And then the, the children will condemn each other and condemn themselves. And it's a poison. It's a vicious poison. And we have to realize that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we have every right to everything that God has, all His power, all of His blessings, everything. All the promises are yes and amen in Him. Jesus is the key. He's everything. Amen? And so, don't tolerate condemnation. 
How do I keep it from happening, Jeremiah? Well, you, out of your mouth, have to say who you are so you don't forget. Because everything in this world is bent on trying to get you to forget who you are. That's the reason we open the book, is to remember who we are. You, you, you peer into. When you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, how many of you forgot who you were? When your behavior is not lining up with your nature, you just got to get back into scriptures and remember who you are. Don't condemn yourself. Don't try harder. Just go eat. <laughs> just go eat the word. Amen? <laughs> Periodically with Lily, like, Lily's, when Lily's hungry, she doesn't turn into Betty White. She turns into the Lillinator. <laughs> like yesterday, man, she was, I was just like, Stacy had, Stacy just had to go, she went to go do something real quick, and I was with the kids, and, and uh, you know, we try very hard to not put on too much television or too much screen time, I mean, like, we, we try. And, uh, and by the time she got back, Daniel Tiger was on, and I was sitting in the corner just <laughs> rocking myself and just throwing biscuits at the kids, you know. <laughs> will you accept this as an offering? You know, will you be happy with this? You know, and she's like, oh, you had to kick on Daniel Tiger. I was like, yeah, I did. And, um, and then, but, but then we, we got her out, and we got her in there sitting at the table, and, man, she started just pounding chicken and, and rice and beans and just blah, 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 blah. And slowly she turned back into the sweet little girl that, she, that God has created her to be. But when she's hungry, she's not herself, right? How I many you know you can be spiritually hungry and be in a state of condemnation and not even realize it and be going through life without peace, Without joy. How many of the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy? And what's happened is we fed on things that didn't really feed us or bring us sustenance. And all we got to get back over to is just eat. Just feed on the word of God and get reminded who we are. Can I get an amen? How many of what's happening to all of us right now? Right now we have this beautiful atmosphere of the kingdom of God. The gospel's being preached and we're all kind of awakening and remembering who we are right now. Amen? And, um, and, that, and it, we need a fresh reminder on the regular. But the king, when the kingdom, so God wants his kingdom flowing through you, but don't look to you. Always look to him. Can I get an amen? You don't want to be self-conscious. You want to be Christ-conscious. That's one of the greatest flaws of man-made religion. It makes you self-conscious. What have I done right? What have I done wrong? Me, 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 me. And that just that doesn't work. It must be Christ, 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 Christ. We've got to have our attention, our focus on him. Okay, Romans chapter 14, please. Romans chapter 14, I've quoted this scripture a few times, but we're going to take a look at it here. And we're going to stay kind of in this kingdom series, but we're going to branch off into something a little bit different or another aspect of it. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to these teachings, I would encourage you to go to the website or go to the app and, and listen to them. We've been building um, on something here for, for the past few weeks, and uh, line upon line and precept upon precept. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now check this out. Now how I many know we talk a lot about righteousness, right? And we will always talk a lot about righteousness. The righteousness, which is the faith, because that's the cornerstone of, of everything. And then we talk a lot about peace as well. But check this out. One-third of the kingdom is joy. 
One-third. That's a lot. Is joy. And I believe with all of my heart that God is going to pour out a joy onto the body of Christ to strengthen us in the days that, that, are, that we're in right now. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And now, I think I'm just going to read you a few scriptures. I don't think you really have to. If you want to put them up on the, on the screen, that's great. But I've got a few that I just want to kind of go through. Because I think you guys know this, but I'm going to tell you again. Nehemiah 8.10, it says, And he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweets, and portion of those whom nothing is prepared for. The, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Everybody say strength. Who could use a little more strength right now? Joy is strength. And see, this is what I think has happened to us. And I was going to try to wait till later in the message to get to this, but I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it now. I think that the body of Christ has been in a state of mourning over our country. And over the state of this world. We've been mourning. We've been sad. Because like we've looked at what's happening. And we know it's wrong. And we've mourned the world we were once in. And, and, and the speed in which things have collapsed morally. And socially and even economically and politically and all the Itacles, <laughs> all, all the Itacles, you know what I'm saying? All of them, they all. We're just like sucker punched, dumbfounded, and sad. And so I feel like there's been a mourning over the body of Christ. And here's the thing. Sorrow is not your identity. You are not created to be sad. Right now, God in heaven is not sad. In fact, I mean, someone, you guys are speaking this scripture out prophetically, but it's in my message. You know, God's response to enemies' attack. And the enemy's plans, laughter. He laughs. We'll get to it, hopefully, maybe. But I mean, the way God handles things, the enemy got big plans and doing this and standing against the Lord and his anointing. God's like, <laughs> he just laughs. He's like, okay, y'all gonna try that? Like, like it's a genuine laughter because joy is strength. And we need to be strong in his strength and we need to stop mourning for our country yeah, come on, man. For, everything. for everything even for people yeah. Yeah. you filled with sorrow is not going to help anybody God, I mean you know, godly sorrow leads to repentance leads to change godly sorrow is good but worldly sorrow will kill you and there's a worldly sorrow. And, and, and how many people experience sorrow when they experience loss? Loss sets the stage for sorrow. And so, like, we feel like we've lost some things in our country. 
feel like we've lost all of this ground and, you know, all this stuff. But God is going to restore your joy before anything changes out here. Yeah, that's how he does things. He does things from the inside out. He's not going to change things so you can be joyful. That's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom of God within you, is it's it's inside of you. Anybody seen a powerful motor before? (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Even when I said that, I thought, Brian's, yeah. But I mean, you know, for those of you that like cars and stuff like that, you can hear a certain type of motor, and you can just think, that thing's powerful. You can just hear the power in it, right? How many know there's a, a motor in you that's more powerful? How many know there's a kingdom in you that's revving with energy and power on, and joy man. and authority? Y'all tracking me here? Yes, and it's in there. And how many know just because of the things that's happened in this nation, how many know that, that kingdom power inside of you, that engine of power, it's never left? But the enemies put just kind of like a shroud of, of darkness over our minds and try to rob us of hope. And, and, um, and there's a change that God is coming. He's going to pull back the veil and he's going to remind you of the power that's within you. And joy is always unleashed in times of persecution. In the early church, it was like that. We take a look at it in the book of James. They counted it all joy. And so, man, there's a joy that God's going to unleash in you and through you, and it's going to strengthen you, and it's going to strengthen those around you. And rather than mourning over the enemy's plans, rather than complaining about the enemy's plans, rather than backbiting and gossiping and moaning and groaning about the enemy's plans, your mourning is going to be turned into dancing. Your sorrow is going to be turned into joy because there's going to be a transition within you. And then what happens inside of you is also going to impact the world around you. But it's going to happen inside of you first. Amen? Because joy is strength. Um, Hebrews uh, chapter 1, please. And this is what's coming. Amen? And... um, it's exciting because there's a, there's a, you know, you're, you're, when you're joyful, you're more of a blessing to those around you. You know, when I'm joyful, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. Um, I'm a better pastor. I'm a better minister. When the joy of the Lord is, is, is flowing through me. How I many you know if I got up here and I was just, consumed, uh, you know, with sorrow and sadness, um, you know, how many know that that is not an environment that perpetuates strength? It's an environment that perpetuates weakness. You know, and, and so many so many people in man-made religion, the, the ministers, they're, they're not so much as sad or sorrowful, they're just angry. And they're, the reason they're angry is they're personally condemned. And so they want to condemn a group of people, whether, you know, politically or or condemn their own congregation, or condemn whatever. And I mean, condemn, I mean, I'm right's right and wrong's wrong. I'm not taking away from that. I mean, we know what's right, we know what's wrong. It doesn't change. It's real easy. But like, we can't get in the flesh and angrily change the world. We're going to have to lean into the kingdom and let the joy and the peace flow out of us. 
And so that we can laugh rather than being worried, rather than being consumed with anxiousness and doubt. Y'all tracking me here? I mean, it's time for a transition. It's time for a change. I don't want to mourn anymore. I'm done. Today, I'm done mourning. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be sorrowful. I'm not going to mope. I'm going to tap into what we were tapping into during worship today. That place of joy, that place of the kingdom, that place of power, that place of strength. I mean, your praise is readily available to you at all times. You can always praise God, man. You can. And it's a weapon. He inhabits the praises of his people, amen? And uh, this place of gratitude, man, we're, you're going to get stronger. I'm going to get stronger. We're going to get stronger. We're going to start cutting through all this opposition like, you know, butter with a hot knife. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, let's go. Let's win. We got the kingdom. Kingdom's greater than anything this world has. Amen? But in, in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8, we, we, we learn something about Jesus it says, but to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows or more than your companions. Now, what does that mean? That means that Jesus was the happiest guy in the room at all times. Now, I mean, that'll, 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 that'll kick a religious bone out of you. He was the man of sorrows at the cross. But he was not the man of sorrows during his earthly walk. He was anointed with the oil of gladness. Well, how I many he had to be strong? How I many every demon in hell was fighting Jesus? Like, we have, we have different, you know, we have things that we fight. But, I mean, man, them sucker, them guys are busy. They're all over the world trying to do stuff. Everybody was focused on Jesus while he was here. But how many of Jesus had joy? He was anointed with the oil of gladness above his companions, above his fellows. Listen, the character of Jesus is joy. How many of Jesus is inside of you? And he wants to shine that part of his character out of you. That's his plan for your life. Listen, you don't have to do this in your own strength, so just relax. You don't have to drum this up. You don't have to make this happen. You don't have to fake it till you're making it. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about a tangible presence of God. I'm talking about God filling you up and making you strong. I'm not talking about you clawing your way out of depression. I'm not talking about you clawing your way out of sadness. I'm not talking about anything self-evident here, guys. I'm just preaching the Word of God. And I'm just saying what God's going to do for you. He's going to restore to you the joy of your salvation. And He's going to strengthen you. And when you are strengthened, you're going to strengthen other people. Because that's how he does things. He said, Peter, when you change, go and help your brother. Listen, your family needs your joy. Come on. Your, your workplace needs your joy. Amen. The gas station needs your joy. Everybody needs what you got. Amen. I want to press into this, this revelation of the joy of the Lord and manifest it in our church and in, in my house and in your house. And in me, and in you, and whoever's watching, and whoever wants to join us, I want to manifest the joy of God. It's going to make the church attractive again. Evangelism, it's contagious. Evangelism's easy when you're happy. It's really hard when you don't know that you're saved unless you try to get somebody else saved. It's really hard when you feel condemned, or when you're trying to, make, you're trying to build your church. And that's your whole goal of evangelism, is trying to build, get someone to come to your church. 
That's so weak, man. The kingdom is so much bigger than your church. And praise God for inviting people to church. That's great. I'm not, I'm not against that. But the, the primary purpose of, king, of the kingdom of God is not to just build a church. It's to take over the world. And so, like, there's a joy. When that joy is hitting, how many of joy is attractive? Why do you think they couldn't keep kids away from Jesus? Are kids attracted to dull, sorrowful, mournful people? No. Kid will run right by you and be like, you are clearly not having a good time. So I'm going to find somebody else. I mean, they'll just weigh you in the balances quick and be like, nah, not fun. All right, cool. We're going over here. But how many know the kids wanted to be near Jesus? Why? Because there was life in it. There was joy in it. I mean, the, the disciples had to literally try to bar the way to Jesus and trying to keep the kids away from because they wanted to be near him. Why? Because he was full of joy. He was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. Let out a big laugh in the supermarket. You know what I'm saying? Let out a big laugh in the gym. I'm a loud laugher. God hath blessed me with a loud laugh. <clears throat> and I'm going to laugh and laugh and laugh. Now, I'm not going to be weird and try to drum something up and make something happen that's, that's, that's weird. I'm not into weird. I mean, you, know, you can be spiritual and not be weird. Amen. Can I get an amen? Now, sometimes spiritual things will stretch people's understanding of what the natural is, but I don't think being weird just for weird's sake is spiritual. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that, I hope I'm saying what y'all think I'm saying or what I want to be saying because I want you... <laughs> I'm cool with being different, but I'm not cool with being forced weird. <clears throat> you understand what I'm saying? But like, there's a genuine joy that will arise out of your heart that will bless you and bless those around you. Amen? And God wants that for us in the day and age. We need to stop trying to, now listen, do all the things that you should, you should do as far as like, you know, vote and, and do all the stuff and do all the right things. But don't try to make th that kingdom our kingdom. We have a kingdom they don't have. And really, man, we're called to infiltrate. We're called to leaven and joy and peace and righteousness and authority. Jesus never tried to take over the Roman Empire. You know why? Because he, he wasn't concerned about the Roman Empire. He's like, oh, those guys? Yeah, it's cool. <clears throat> That'll take care of itself. I mean, that's all the disciples wanted. All the Jews wanted was a Messiah that was going to kick the Romans out. And, they, and God never gave it to them. And they weren't real happy about it initially. But how many know God, the way God does things is different than the way that man wants things to be done? So don't be so focused on them. Focus on the Christ in you. Can I get an amen? Because that righteousness and that peace and that joy and the power of God is going to change things from the ground up. Amen. And so joy is the character of Jesus. Now, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, you guys are real familiar with this, but it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against us there is no law. Now here's the thing. Check this out. <clears throat> you have joy now. I mean, you're not trying to get joy. Right? I mean, you have peace now. We talk a lot about that, like you have peace now. You have joy now. Those are things that you possess, so you have it. Amen? How many know that as being someone that is the vine or is the branch, 
You're not trying to drum it up or make it happen. How many of you just got to stay connected to the vine? And out of staying connected to the vine, you bring forth fruit. How do you stay connected to the vine? How many of you just stay out of condemnation? Which we've talked a lot about that already. But there's something else that happens too. Turn to Romans chapter 15, please. You guys doing okay? I mean, we went a little bit longer in worship than we normally do. But I feel like we gotta got to be okay with uh, getting out of the box a little bit if we're going to move forward in these things. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I think that you have joy, but I also think that you can be filled with joy afresh and anew. I believe there's, there's a fresh filling as well. Um, I mean, you know, the, in, in, um, in Ephesians, it says, be ye filled with the Spirit. And that word filled is the present perfect tense, and it's actually a command. How I many know oh, you need a fresh infilling of the Spirit on a regular basis? I do. I do. I, if, I am, if I don't get a fresh infilling, then I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not really the person God created me to be. Just like last week, we had a super, I had a really busy week, really busy week. And I, and I had a lot of things I didn't get a chance to get done. And so, and they said we had a birth, family birthday party. And I was like, man, I would just love to be able to just stay home and just build myself up, you know, because I feel like I really need it. And, I, and, and it was cool. We all worked it out. And I got to stay home and build myself up. Man, and, and then everybody came home. And I was just like floating through the kitchen like, like Mary Poppins, cleaning and happy, you know what I'm saying? Because I needed to build myself up. I didn't need to just come and, and do and 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 make a sermon. You know what I'm saying? Like, minist- like ministry should always be overflow. If I'm just focused on just ministering to you, then I-, I can be empty and starving and dehydrated, pouring water into your mouth that I should be pouring in my own. But if I will, if I will put my own relationship with God first, I mean, that which is needful, sit at his feet, and I get full, then when I come out here, I've got something to give and so anyway, so I needed that time. You know what I did? I got a fresh feeling. I mean, you know, today during worship, we got a fresh feeling. I mean, you know, right now you're hearing the words of life, you're getting a fresh feeling. So <clears throat> I'm not telling you there's a joy that's present, but then there's also a fresh feeling. I mean, there are times when the room was shaken and they were filled with the Spirit of God and they were filled with boldness. I'm looking for things like that to happen. Because we need supernatural because the natural can't get it done. It just can't, man. We, we, it just, it's not capable. The darkness is too big. The darkness is too... The, it's aston- the darkness is very... Um, what's the word? United. They are united in their attack against us. Astonishingly united. Like they're all on the same page everywhere. And all these different organizations and media groups and blah, 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 they're trying to get us. But he that sits in the heavens laughs. So... Our, 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 we need the kingdom to show up. The whole playing church thing is, is just not going to get it done. The whole time card thing, and we, we got to have the kingdom show up. And that's cool. Like that's, I mean, that's a lot more exciting anyway. Let's let God show up and let him do his thing. And let's have a supernatural strength and a supernatural joy and a display of his authority and his peace and all of these things. Would y'all press into that with me? You know what I'm saying? Would y'all... Y'all come and, and really expect that and receive that from the Lord um, because that's what I want because it's the only thing that's going to change that out there. Amen. We've got to have something better than 
than just church as usual. It just doesn't work. We need the kingdom of God on display, amen? And it's going to help the world, and it's also going to help us too. Acts 13, uh, just a couple more places and we're going to close. Acts 13 and verse 49. I just want to give you another example of when they were filled. It says, And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region, but the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, expelled them from their region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them. They came to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So here's another example of a fresh filling. Amen? That we, we can be filled as well. Now, let's turn to Isaiah 61, please. A couple more places here, and, and we're going to close. And then we're just going to keep moving forward. I've just been studying this big time and just wanting it, hungry for it. I mean, oh, God says, pursue stuff. Knock, seek, ask me. You know, I got all the cool stuff, but, I, but come get it, you know. And, um, and that's what we want. We want... We want to knock on the door. We want to seek. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You know, and so anyway, Isaiah 61 and verse 1, and going back to us leaving the state of mourning, like getting away from mourning. The days of our mourning are over. Amen. It's time to celebrate. Isaiah 61 and verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison of those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. How many of you are talking about the finished work of the cross? The day of vengeance was the cross. The acceptable year of the Lord is now. Amen? Amen. How many know God's ready to accept anybody who will come, right? And it was the day of, 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 day of vengeance. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. How many of Zion's us? That's the church. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. How many of the past couple years, we've had some ashes? We've had some daggone ashes. <laughs> and God says, give me your ashes and I'll give you my beauty. The oil of joy for mourning. That's what I'm talking about here. God wants to pour out the oil of joy on your life. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. How I many of we had the garment of praise on here this morning? That, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And so God is, he's going to pour out the oil of joy. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be really fun. Going to be a lot of laughter and singing, and dancing, and joy before the Lord. Amen? And, uh, and, I, I'd encourage, and I'd encourage you, endeavor to not be a spectator. Endeavor to allow God to move you. And now, the way God moves you may be different than the way God moves me. But don't just watch. You know what I'm saying? Participate. The kingdom is not a spectator sport. It's, 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 it, it, we, you get involved here. And you kind of move forward. And it's different for everybody. So don't compare yourself with somebody else. But, but don't fall into the place of just watching it happen. Y'all tracking me here? Participate. Allow the, the Spirit of God uh, to move you. You know, even when the prophetic came in here today. Um, you know, and different people. I mean, things like that are going to happen in the presence of the Lord. You know, and the prophetic was here. 
Brian was sensing it. Music went low. I didn't have anything, but I could feel it. But I knew somebody did, and you guys started stepping out, and you started speaking. Man, when you speak, when that prophetic anointing is here, things happen. Things change. And uh, not only does it change things around you, it changes you. How many of you know, saw, you know, saw prophesied and became a new man? You release the word of the Lord, <clears throat> and powerful things happen. And so um, things like that are going to happen in the tabernacle of David. Things like that are going to happen. The prophetic is going to flow. And then we're also going to see miracles. We're going to see healings. We're going to see signs and wonders. I don't want to just see it in the church. I want to see it out in the streets. That's where I really want to see it. I want to see it out there, man. I mean, thank God for having it in here, and I love what we do here, but, like, I want it out there. I want to infiltrate darkness, and I want to display the kingdom to where, you know, I mean, it just takes one miracle to really set a whole city upside down. Just one genuine miracle. I mean, when the guy was healed at the gate, beautiful. You know, the, the lame man was here. Like, it set the whole city. One miracle. Just one. One miracle. Set the whole thing upside down. You know? Why, why can't God do that through you? Yeah. Not through me, through you. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I have more of a righteousness or more of a right or any of these things. I'm just somebody pointing to Jesus just like you guys are. Y'all tracking me here. Your prayers are powerful. Amen. God's going to do some really cool stuff. And it's going to be fun and exciting. We don't have to go to the movies to see crazy stuff. We can just live our lives. We don't have to, you know, for, for all the, the special effects and all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's going to be fun. It is, man. It's going to be really fun. And darkness isn't going to know what to do, just like darkness never knows what to do. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. And so anyway... Trying to close here. Psalm chapter 2, we, we've talked about this, and somebody actually shared this scripture today, which I think is really cool. But Psalm 2 and verse 1, it said, and this is God's response to the enemy's attack. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. I mean, you see it all over the world right now. Everybody is anti-Christ, anti-Christianity. You can believe anything you want, just don't believe that. You can say anything you want, just don't say that. Free speech, free speech. Oh, wait a minute, that's hate speech. <laughs> laugh. Just laugh. Don't mourn, laugh. It's a setup, man. It's a setup. Our God is never lost. He's never lost. He's not going to lose now. Amen? It says, and against the Lord and against his anointing, saying, let us... Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. And this is God's response. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. I dare say the Lord's laughing a lot here lately. <laughs> I dare say he's laughing a lot. And I'm not saying that the horrible things that have hap are happening and the things that are... I'm not saying that God's not laughing at that. But God is laughing at the enemy's plans. Because the enemy's plans are going to break. And, and God's, and we're going to have this, you know, this great awakening, and and we're, you know, the, one of the reasons the country is in the state that it's in is we haven't had we haven't had a reviving in a long time, and we need one of those, you know, and so, anyway, and so I'm gonna just a couple more places, and we're gonna I'm just gonna read you a couple of scriptures, but it says, Psalm 30 and verse 11, it says, "You have turned for me my mourning into dancing, you've loosed my sackcloth." And clothed me with gladness. See, we're all, you know, we all like 
trying to make sure, you know, we, I mean, you know, your clothes, you try to find clothes that fit you, right? Here lately, I've had a hard time finding clothes that fit me. I've been working out a lot, and so I'm like, I, none of my clothes fit me, you know, which is cool because that's like my goal, but at the same time, none of my clothes fit me. So I'm always trying to like find clothes like online and stuff that will fit me and stuff like that. But how many know that, that what I, my shirt is not, and your shirt and your makeup and your shoes is not as important as you being clothed with gladness? Clothed with gladness. Leaving your house glad. How many know if you have joy, you're going to stand out? And you don't need a Christian t-shirt in order to stand out. If you are a genuinely joyful person, you're going to be real different. How many of people might ask you? The hope. Now, once again, this is real important. Don't get into self-effort on this. Just resist that. Because the enemy is going to try to do that. You know, well, you need make yourself happy. Make it till you make it. Try real hard. Ha, ha, ha. I'm not talking about that. <clears throat> I'm talking about like a power of joy. Calm delight is one of the definitions of it in the Greek. Of just a real tangible joy coming out of you that you can't not shine. This isn't you trying to muster it up. This is you trying to chill out so you don't freak people out because of the joy that you have. Amen. And then it goes on in Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, a joyful heart is good medicine. You know? How many know that joy is a medicine to you? It's a medicine. It'll heal you, man. Even, even, even in the natural, the Mayo Clinic has done research on the impact that laughter has on people physically. And there, there, are, there are pages and pages of evidence that laughter heals your body, that laughter does something for you. I wish I had all the statistics right now, but I don't. But it is. And how I many of oh, that that's just what they can see. So, how I many of oh, God wants to give you some medicine? He wants to give you the kind of medicine that's free. And no side effects. Yeah, man. Would you take a joyful medicine? Yes, sir. You would, wouldn't you? We're going to look at it in the days. And we're going to look at how. We're going to look at how this happens. Not just me making the declaration. And, and, and because, amen, we're going to look at how this happens. But I'm not going to, I'm going to prevent myself from saying anything about that. Proverbs 15 and verse 15, it says, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. He who is a merry heart, a continual feast. You know, like you can be around miserable people, but you can have a feast. You can have a joy. Amen? Psalm 23, verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. How I many oh God has a joy for you even in the midst of the persecution, even in the midst of the challenges, even in the midst of the Goliaths raging and all the things that you're facing, there's a joy, a supernatural joy that's not born of circumstances that God has for us and God wants us to access. Do you think it would be worth learning about? I do too. I do too. 
I do too. I, I, I feel like it's, it's worth our time to tap into it. So I just want to talk to God about it, and we'll close here. Lord, I just, I just thank you that, Lord, I ask that you'd unleash a joy in our church. Yes, Lord. That you would unleash uh, a joy during our praise and our worship. That you'd unleash a joy on Brian and, and Stephanie and their family. That you'd just unleash a joy on your, your, your prayer warriors and your people have just been holding the watchmen on the tower and in their prayer closets and just the mourning that has come upon your people because we hate evil. And Lord, you said that hate evil and love good and, and, and that, that Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. And Lord, I thank you that we switch gears out of the mourning and we get into the dancing. We get into that part. Lord, I just ask you for it. Bless us with joy. Let us taste the atmosphere of heaven. Let sorrow and sighing flee far from us, Lord God. We just thank you for it. We just thank you for it. We just thank you for it. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to get on your knees and pray with me for just a moment. I'm going to ask you to ask God for an outpouring of His joy. Those of you that are watching online, I, I encourage you to do the same thing. Lord, I just thank you that we are righteous because of the blood of the Lamb. And Lord, we just, we ask you to unleash this joy. Give us a fresh outpouring. Lord, I know that we have the joy. I know that the kingdom is within us. I know that we have those things. But Lord, there were times in the early church where you filled them afresh and anew with the joy of the Lord. And we ask for that here. We ask for that in our church. We ask for that in our families. We ask for our children to be filled with joy, laughter, our, our young people, our teenagers, our 20-somethings. We ask for that joy in our children. And Lord, I just say, we ask for that joy in our, in our spouses, in our marriage. Lord, that that joy would be a strength, that there'd be a, a playfulness in our marriages, that there'd be a joy Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And that we ourselves would receive that, that medicine. That we'd be clothed with gladness, Lord God. Our hearts would be filled with laughter. Tongues with singing. Lord, I just thank you that that joy wouldn't just stay within the walls of the church, but we'd take it with us wherever we were at and the kingdom would be on display and righteousness and peace and joy, Lord. One third of your kingdom is joy. We want to display that joy in the earth. And Lord, I just thank you that you'd help keep any of the, the attempts of the enemy at, at trying to 
get us over into our own efforts. That there be no legalistic self-effort attempts at hamster wheel joy. We've done that in the past. We don't want to do that ever again. We want the real thing. I thank you for an uncovering and an unleashing of joy in your people. And Lord, I just also ask that you just give me revelation about this. Lord, show me. Teach me. Open and teach all of us, Lord. I thank you that you give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Jesus, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that you give us your secrets. We'd see the kingdom and we'd display the kingdom. Lord, we just thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, guys. Just felt led to do that. Hallelujah. Well, just got a couple announcements here real quick. Um, if you guys want a giving envelope, lift your hand up and we'll get one to 